What's up guys and welcome to Wolfie's Gaming Den. I'm your host Alex Wolf, here to talk about any and all things video games. Yeah, well, here we are, second episode. Um, you know, I'm excited. The first episode is available on multiple platforms now, thanks to Anchor, which is awesome. So I'm on Spotify, Google Podcast, um, Breaker, which is something I've never heard of, but I'm on there now. Uh, still waiting to hear back about the Apple Podcast submission, but, you know, these things happen in time, so we'll do with what we can. Um, some housekeeping for you here. Um, it is Memorial Day weekend, so, um, you know, got to eat some pretty good grilled food. Um, went to a beach this morning and, you know, tanned, I guess. Uh, I, I got darker. <laughs> I guess is the way I should put it. Um, so got that done. Uh, another thing I did this week. Um, so one of my favorite games of all time is Batman Arkham City. Therefore, one of my favorite franchises of all time is anything in the back Batman Arkham franchise. Yes, that includes Batman um, Arkham Origins, which honestly I hide in higher regard than the original Arkham game, Arkham Asylum, and probably tied with Arkham Knight, honestly. Um, I thought the boss fights in Arkham Origins were great, but Arkham City, top-notch, gameplay, great story, everything about it was beautiful. So every year or so I get this itch where I have to replay them all. And I, and I mean them all. So, unfortunately, due to now no longer having a PS3, Arkham Origins out of my reach, and I, I need to do it. So, I am trying to talk myself out of <laughs> uh, getting the PlayStation Now 7-day trial subscription and then burning my way through Arkham Origins as quickly as I can. Because I know I won't do it within 7 days, just with work and everything else. But I, I desperately need to. Like, I have to be able to do this. If it means I go to my local GameStop and buy a used PS3 and a copy of Arkham Origins and then return it within the month so I get my money back, I, that may happen. I don't care. It, those games all need to be played in their entirety all the way through. And something else that's difficult about that is just because with Arkham Origins releasing after Arkham Asylum, um, the gameplay <laughs> takes a bit of a drop with what you can and can't do and the control scheme. Just the hinge on the control scheme not too much but enough to where it's a noticeable difference and it's like oh god so you're playing arkham origin you go back a few years and you're like oh god this is how people play in arkham asylum so it's definitely a drastic change but i've done it two three times now it's at least three years i've done this so i'll power my way through it and it'll get done um but without further ado let's just hop into the news uh quite a big th few big things uh this past week which was awesome uh, I didn't think I'd have this much news to cover in the second episode, since now that I do, you know, this this is good. It gives me a reason to talk to these empty airwaves. God, I hope not. Please tell me someone out there, out there listening, please. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get into it. So probably the biggest thing for me uh, that I saw coming out of last week was the, uh, the Microsoft and Sony partnership. So this was uh, dropped on um, Bloomberg. And I then read it on Polygon because Bloomberg costs money and you can get oh, so many reads for free and then they start charging, then you have to get a subscription. Um, but it was just talking about essentially um, Microsoft and Sony partnered uh, to start tackling tech when it came to cloud gaming or cloud services. Um, so that includes tech and information sharing. So anything they learn, whatever technology they have available, more along the lines of Microsoft's tech and I believe PlayStation's information, uh, just with Sony not having their own server farms, or at least PlayStation not having, or Sony not having their own server farms in the U.S. Um, they had originally talks with Amazon, who Amazon houses, uh, that's where their ser Sony hosts the PlayStation Network services uh, from Amazon server farms. 
So I guess negotiations fell through with Amazon, so they started pirate with Microsoft. Um, all will be using, all will be within Microsoft Azure, uh, which is interesting. I mean, for obvious reasons, with Xbox belonging to Microsoft and PlayStation belonging to Sony, um, you know, it's kind of crazy to see how these two giants work. I think a lot of people forget that you know both PlayStation and Microsoft fall under Sony and Microsoft respectively. So the company is like, hey, this is a bigger thing than some console wars, quote-unquote. Um, paraphrasing, of course. I don't think the executive that's a win and said, hey, quit your squabbling, kids. We need to figure this out. Um, but I think a massive contributor to this negotiation and why there was such a hastening behind it was Google Stadia. Um, of course, both Microsoft and Sony are probably threatened by that. And with PlayStation purchasing Gaikai way back when, like we talked about last episode, um, having that information ready to go, but not necessarily the technology to host it or use it right away and make it a little more stable. That part where someone, and if it wasn't going to be Amazon, the next best place would be Microsoft. So um, some fallout of that, though, turns out that um, this this broke about a day later. Um, let's see. Bloomberg also reported that PlayStation employees are no longer... No longer, I'm sorry. Not aware of the Microsoft Sony deal. Uh, PlayStation execs were not consulted during this um, meeting that happened, and they had no idea. No blinds, and they were kind of blindsided. A lot of managers and employees were frustrated because they figured it was, uh, you know, targeting their jobs. And you know, like, what is this going to do? And I can understand why. If you're a major division, and obviously your next generation of console development is focusing probably around cloud gaming. So when you find out that you're partnering with you're partnering with the uh, the competition. It's a little worrisome, so I, I get that. But no one's losing their jobs or anything like that. It's not going to affect uh, development of the PlayStation or the next gen console, PlayStation Five, or anything like that. So things will continue to move along. They'll just have some helping hands along the way, which is awesome. Not bad at all. Um, also, following up from that, um, or there was the. <laughs> Epic Games Mega Epic Sale, uh, where they're offering $10 off any game price $14.99 or more. Um, so that was a huge, huge sale. Uh, and it was Epic Game Store's first major sale. And for the most part, you, you'd think it'd go off without a hitch, but apparently um, they were offering anything, like, and I mean anything. Anything $14.99 or more was getting a $10 discount, and that included games that weren't released yet. So games like Borderlands 3 and new release titles like Blood, uh, what is it? What's it called? Um, Hades um, was one. Oxygen not included. And then Bloodlines. Uh, Bloodlines 2. Sorry. Uh, had some issues where it led to Bloodlines 2 being removed from the store. Oxygen not included was removed. And then Hades, uh, which launched an Epic Game Store in early access, uh, there's a huge crazy pricing problem where oh the price was really gonna go up and then it got affected by the sales so it went down even more and then there's that um borderlands 3 was pulled temporarily just because and i guess i'm a little confused as to why it was such an issue because for the way epic explained how this was happening was they were paying all the publishers um ten dollars the ten dollars to comp this so they were paying out of pocket for the sale to happen just to bring the numbers and get more followers i'm sure um and pull some of the Steam fan base away. So it really kind of blew my mind that these people were pulling their games off because I can't imagine it was affecting their business too much because they weren't losing that revenue. 
as far as I understand, you know, they were being paid the difference. Epic was just selling it through the storefront for a different price. Um, but they were still getting their original cut and then some. So who, who knows why that was such a massive issue. I, I Again, I feel it was a good move on Epic's part. Um, again, they didn't give any trouble or hassle to the publishers on these games that they pulled. Like, hey, it's a decision. So it looks like there was no, no foul play at all. It just seems a little weird that they, you know, that the publishers had some issues with this. Because um, I'm sure there was negotiations in place before just doing that. And if so, they would have been notified, hey, we're going to sell your game and cheaper price. Don't worry, we're going to pay the $10 difference. It, at that point, it's like, okay, that's guaranteed numbers. Especially for a game like Borderlands 3, that's a game launching in September. People who haven't are hesitant about Borderlands and never played one, can, especially PC players, can now jump on $10 less at launch uh, if they just wanted to try it out. And then... Sorry. Um, if they, you know, they save 10 bucks, and then if they do enjoy the game, you know, they're, they didn't have the ability to purchase season passes and things of that nature, uh, and extra content, which does nothing but help Gearbox's sales. So, again, kind of weird for me. I don't understand what the deal is there. Um, next up, uh, some Call of Duty news. Uh, and, I mean, when is it not Call of Duty news around E3 season, you know? E3's coming up, so a lot of conversation going on. But some big things are that Treyarch is now taking over the d- development of Call of Duty's 2020 title. Uh, this came from Kotaku as well. Um, it was originally being led by Raven and Sledgehammer Studios. Uh, Raven taking the helm of most of it and Sledgehammer assisting, which, again, is different. That would have been the fourth developer to join in Call of Duty's cycle of Infinity War, Treyarch, Sledgehammer Games, and then Raven. So that would have been crazy. Uh, but it looks like Activision has now announced that Treyarch will take the lead instead, and with the game leading this um leading to be black ops 5 um kind of crazy i wonder what happened there uh i mean they seem like i said they can't very forthcoming with the information regarding when raven and sledgehammer were tackling it originally um so i don't understand why they're doing this or anything i mean it could be just a matter of the success of black ops 4 honestly with the battle royale mode uh blackout Maybe they're just like, hey, we got to get this out there next. We can't, you know, and I think that's the beauty of Call of Duty's development cycle and how it works is how each developer has at least a minimum of three years to work on these titles. So if one title comes out, so for instance, Black Ops comes out, they put out the blackout mode and it sells like gangbusters, like, holy hell, people love this. This is great. And so then they realize, oh, our future titles don't have that feature well you got to fix that what do we do so you start talking with developers and everyone else there like hey how can we do this how can we incorporate it that's the only thing i can think of is just that it was too much of an overhaul from what raven and sledgehammer were doing so where treyarch had to step in and like hey sorry we're doing this now this is how, or activism like hey treyarch stepping in now they've got to take care of this they have to do it this way you know so i don't know what's going on there but there's that also taking with uh, some Call of Duty news. It looks like this year's Call of Duty will be um, rumored, of course, nothing officially announced, uh, will be Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it looks like it may be a soft reboot of the Modern Warfare series, which I'm a fan of. Um, the first Call of Duty game I ever played was Modern Warfare 2. I skipped Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and World at War. Sorry, as a, I'm sorry, Zombies fans, and sorry, Treyarch fans. It just left the sour taste in my mouth. The quality of the game, looking at it, looked like a a PS2 game, and that was a few years into the PS3 and 360 generation. Uh, so I was just like, eh. This game, you know, 
does a lot with multiplayer. That's great. But Call of Duty 4 looked prettier and did multiplayer just fine. Sure, they didn't have zombies, but, you know, I'll live without it. So it's, you know, it just kind of seemed to me. So I hopped on Modern Warfare 2 when it came out, and I loved it. Played hours into it. After that, I kind of just fell off the, the Call of Duty cycle. I dabble in there here now uh, to play the games, but not enough to keep me enticed. So a reboot of Modern Warfare would be pretty cool. That would get me in. I'm kind of tired of the World War II shooters. Um, I'm not a fan of the futuristic shooters unless it's like, you know, a sci-fi based game like Halo. Like, I'll play that for that. But I want, I want to boots the ground strictly Modern Warfare kind of deal. Not a lot of games focus on that. And I think that's where Call of Duty's bread and butter is. I mean, if they can get that out there and just make it work, they could honestly just go with that and be fine. Um, Especially if it's, you know, you've got games like Blackout, which takes a futuristic role, and then you have, um, so Treyarch would handle that, and then Infinity War would handle the Modern Warfare side, and then you can have Sledgehammer just take care of the past stuff. So you always have those three different time periods, so you're appeasing all the fans of each uh, of each period all the time. So no one's let the fault, no one's missing out or anything like that. It just works. So... But we'll hear more about that, I'm sure, in June at E3, so we'll take a look at that there. Uh, another piece of big news was the um, the PlayStation Productions uh, is a new division of PlayStation that will focus on turning their IP uh, and franchises into uh, television and movies. And that's pretty cool because, you know, we always hear about video game adaptations, why it happened, especially things like Uncharted, uh, where they've been talking about making a movie for that for, since, what, 2010? 2009 maybe um and nothing coming of it and it's just you know a matter of finding this that and the other so if you're one and then we saw the animated films for heavenly sword uh ratchet and clank and then it looks like the now canceled i don't know i'm not sure uh sly cooper film that was supposed to happen as well um so it looks like if you've you keep all this stuff in house you use your writers and you keep things pretty faithful, which I imagine would lead to more success than just giving it to whoever and then letting them do whatever the hell they want with it. Um, looks like this will work out well for them. Uh, so you've got PlayStation execs. Sean Layden is uh, involved as well, so that's good. While he has a, you know, he had a, heads up the PlayStation's uh, games division now or whatever they did for his title when they did the shakeup. Um, so with him in charge, you know, they're, that leads to like, hey, we have to keep things true, faithful, so... We'll see, hopefully, some quality productions out of that. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, kind of a random announcement. Not something I was expecting at all. But, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a bad thing. It can only help, right? And that's a lie. It could totally go bad. It could really go bad. We've seen video game movie adaptations be terrible. Uh, so, But hopefully this is the cure um, in some form or fashion. <laughs> so we'll go from there. Um, let's see here. Let's see what else we got. Oh, some big news that came out today was the Pokemon, some Pokemon news, which again, unexpected, but more than welcome. Um, Pokemon, so the Pokemon company will hold a press conference on May 28th, but aside from that, Nintendo will be holding a uh, Nintendo Direct focused on Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, the Direct will be on June 5th, and it'll be about a 15-minute show. Um, probably going over some new, going over new details for the game. It'll be at 9 a.m. Eastern and 6 a.m. Pacific time. Um, I'm hoping we'll hear a release date. I don't see why we wouldn't. We're about halfway through the year. Pokemon games have tended to launch late October, early November in the past few years, starting with Pokemon X and Y. Um, so I would think six months would be a good marker to start. Hey, here's a release date, and then every week or so, here from the 
oh, I shouldn't say every week, maybe every few weeks or so, you get some new info, new Pokemon, new gameplay mechanics, stuff like that. So I think this trailer will show, or this director will give a release date, uh, a handful of new Pokemon. I'm hoping we see some starter evolutions and some type reveals for those evolutions. That'd be pretty cool. Um, we'll hear more probably about the, um, if they go back to the traditional eight gyms or if they're going to stick uh, to with the Kahuna style where it's just four islands and trials. Um, not necessarily Kahunas, of course, because it's a different region, um, but something like that. Or if we just get a new kind of way, a, a new system. So we can see about that. So that'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind doing that at all. Um, you so, but I'm sure we'll see some staples that didn't, or some now new staples like customizations on the character as well. Um, probably some implementations from Let's Go would be pretty cool. Um, not a whole lot, though. I wasn't too big a fan of Let's Go games. Uh, I tried to get into them, just couldn't do it. Um, honestly, the only real selling point for that stuff is the Meltan, uh, the Meltan and Melmetal stuff for Pokemon Go, and I can't justify a $60 game <laughs> for a mobile game I play for free. Sure, it's going to take me a little while to get that Melmetal, but you know what? I'll walk. I'll be okay. I'll get there eventually. I'll join the rest of you. Um, but yeah, so I, my, my dream scenario is this. is like, okay, we get a price point, release date, maybe the second, the first evolutions of the starters, you know, save the, the final evolutions for a later date, maybe some character reveals, probably like your rival, the new professor, um, things of that nature would be pretty cool. Um, maybe some new battle mechanics, you know, over the last few years we've had Z-moves and we had mega evolutions. I want to see if those are going to make a comeback and, you know, be more of a staple. Because I know when we had mega evolutions come in to Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, Z-Moves took over, so Mega Evolutions, while there, were not really focused at all, which is kind of lame, because I loved Mega Evolutions. Uh, I definitely think they, think they should get some more praise. Z-Moves, I felt, were okay, but kind of cheap, just because, you know, most of them is a guaranteed one hit, depending on who, if you're batting competitively and they knew what they were doing. But in the game itself, it was like, eh. It was too powerful of a trump card, in my opinion. But I want to see if they implement anything new, especially with it being um, on the Switch, so you can play in handheld mode. Or um, on a television, we haven't had a Pokemon game like that since Pokemon Battle Revolution on the Wii. And even then, I preferred Pokemon Coliseum and Gale of Darkness. So uh, hopefully we see some things of that nature and they kind of utilize the power of the Switch and go with that. That would be great. Um, so that, that would be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind seeing any of that at all. Other than that, guys, I mean, with the new stuff, it's not, not too much going on. Um, I do kind of want to follow up and talk about uh, some things, you know, relating to the industry as a whole right now. I mean, it's E3 season, so we're going to start seeing some new trickle in here and there. We're definitely going to have some rumors and leaks come out. Um, I'm not a fan, you know, of the rumors and leaks coming. I, I'm i okay with it because, you know, it always gets the hype train going, uh, you know. But at the same time, I love, love being surprised at E3. And this year's E3 is definitely looking to be a different kind of beast. Uh, first and foremost, you've got PlayStation not there and Google, um, Google's Stadia, I imagine, will be there. I don't know if they're going to want to have a presser at E3 themselves or they'll just put out some content, put out, you know, a presser at their own time and leisure uh, close to E3. I haven't seen anything about them having their own booth. Um, then again, I haven't followed it too closely to say, but... I would love to see them there, and I would just love to see how this all works out. I mean, like, it, and then we have Microsoft poised to announce two new consoles. Um, that's massive. 
Uh, Sony's got, or PlayStation has their state of play stuff. So who knows? Maybe they're not at E3, but they still have a video to put out with some new stuff, and that'd be kind of crazy. Square Enix is going to be there this year, and you know they've already talked about how you'll hear more about this Final Fantasy VII remake happening. I would love to hear some Avengers project information. It's been since 2017 when we first heard about the game that we got news. So I think now with that break with Infinity War and Endgame being out and done, um, they can definitely get some of that information out there because there won't be another Avengers movie, I imagine, from Marvel for quite a while. Um, so to keep that Avengers name kind of floating in the airspace, you'll have that. As well as with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 coming out this year, I think that will kind of beef it up too. So And Marvel's got this multi-year deal with Square. You know, eventually they have to put out something together. So... I imagine we're, we're going to hear that. Uh, we also have Double Fine uh, with Tim Schafer going to be there, woot woot, uh, with Jack Black hosting an event. So we'll definitely hear some Psychonauts 2 details. That's another game I've been playing recently, Psychonauts on the PS4. Uh, I never played it on the PS2. I you know, didn't have really access uh, to video games I wanted to play as a kid because, well, I was a kid, so I didn't have income, so I couldn't just go out and buy the newest games or anything like that. Um, I didn't live close to a GameStop at the time, so trading in old things just didn't make sense to me. And I had fun playing, replaying things over and over again anyway, trying to see how fast it could beat it or being in high school or anything like that. Um, but if, from what I love, from what I've played at Psychonauts, it's awesome. I love it. Um, I would love to see some Psychonauts 2 stuff with Jack Black being there. My fingers are crossed for Brutal Legend information. Now I know this game isn't like widely loved everywhere all the time. It's panned by critics, this blah, 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 blah. I fucking loved that game. I thought Jack Black was hilarious. Honestly, I played with that game with the censorship on. Uh, for those who don't know, so with the game is has a lot of cursing, a lot of cursing. And so in the beginning of the game, it gives you the option to have it censored, where it's just covered by a bunch of bleeps and whatnot, or you have it uncensored. So I did, before the game launched, and he put the demo out on the PS3, I downloaded it and I played both ways, and I found myself laughing way harder at the censored version than I did uh, the uncensored version. I don't know why, it could have been just my age, I think I was maybe 13, 14 years old at the time, something like that, so bleeping and everything, like, oh, you know, makes a kid giggle, so... (laughs) um, We'll see how that goes, but I would love to see more of that. Um, And then I'm sure we'll see some rad stuff there too. not only like quote like rad stuff like cool but also rad the game i'm sure we'll see some information there that'd be pretty cool um got call of duty ubisoft will be there so i'm sure ubisoft will have something new i they've already said assassin's creed won't be there this year or they announced there won't be an assassin's creed game coming out this year doesn't mean they can't still show off a little something something uh i mean it's been a while since we've seen a prince of persia game i love the prince of persia franchise um I would love to see another game, especially on some new consoles. I think it would be pretty cool to see what they do with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something with Watch Dogs. Uh, you know, it's been a whole, eh, been a couple years, maybe two or three years since we since Watch Dogs 2, so I would be surprised if 3 was announced. Um, if you have that top, uh, Tom, Clance, Tom Clancy's uh, sequel to Wildlands is going to be there for sure with John, you know, all the Johnny Bernthal you want. Um, so that'll be pretty cool to see. But, you know, it's... E3 is that time of year where it's, you know, things are going to be announced back to back to back to back to back. So it takes it away, especially in a year like this where so many things can happen when leaks just happen, uh, you know, because E3 is different from what it was in the past. You know, it was the Internet wasn't as prevalent. 
everyone that had to be there. Nintendo was there, and it was always about Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation. Now this year, you know, people can put out their own like direct style type videos, or just put their stuff out. Like, oh, we're not going to be in the show floor, but we'll just put news out. So I would like to see something big happen, and that can happen with rumors and speculate not rumors but leaks of that nature all coming out all the time because it's just like i don't need to watch the show i can just follow online i want to watch the show i want to watch the damn show i want to see the press conferences i love them uh press conferences get me going get me hyped ready to go um so when it's just i'm reading an article i'm like oh hey that's cool but I'm reading an article. I want to see a trailer right away. I want to see a presentation. I want to get hyped from Phil Spencer <laughs> on the on the Microsoft stage. So who knows what's going to happen this year. It, it's starting to get crazy with people putting stuff out. We're weeks away, literally weeks away. I believe June 9th, I think, is the week everything happens. So we'll see what happens there. Other than that, guys, another you know quick show. I appreciate you all for listening. By all means, please subscribe, like, whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening me listening to me on. If you can, just uh, find me on Twitter. It's at AlexDWolf. Uh, send me suggestions if what I can do to make the show better, uh, what I can do to make it a little more enjoyable for you guys, or there's things you, you don't like. You know, Let me know that kind of stuff. I love hearing it. But other than that, guys, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you next time.